Alrighty, welcome to the show. Here we go. Time to talk NFL. Then we'll talk some college. And I'll do a Masters. The Masters. We'll do a, one of them predictions at the end there. I just started this morning. But here we go. Let's do NFL Week 10. Share the show. I'm going to say it at the top. Subscribe and share on social media. Here we go. Let's start Thursday Night Football. We got the Colts at the Titans. And we have we have the Colts. Indianapolis is a one-point favorite. Despite the Titans starting as a two-point favorite. So that means, wait, that means uh, tons of people are betting on the Colts, right? The line is moving towards the Colts. Is that how that, that's how that works, I believe. Yeah, so I'm going to go Titans. I'm going to take the home team. I'm going to go Tennessee Titans, the over-under 48 and a half. I'm going to say the final score, let's go 27, let's go 27, 23. So it's 50 points there. That's over. And I'm going Tennessee because I keep hearing bad things about Phil Rivers. People are making fun of him. They took him out because he couldn't throw a Hail Mary. So he's kind of got... Some Drew Brees noodle arm syndrome. And yeah, they got Jacoby. Jacoby Brissett is her backup QB. But I got Jonathan Taylor, the Colts running back, the rookie. And he hasn't been too great this year. He's been kind of struggling a little bit. The Colts have been decent, but they haven't really beat any good teams. Like we talked about last week. So I'm going to go Tennessee 27-23 for tonight. Then let's get started on Sunday. So they have Bengals-Steelers. Steelers are a 7.5 point favorite. Despite starting as a 10 point favorite. So lots of people were picking. God, I was confused. Lots of people were picking the Bengals then. If they went, the line went down. So I was confused myself how that works. Seven and a half points. Uh, That's a lot of points. I think the Steelers will win. That's too many points. I'm going to say 31-27. So Steelers win, but do not cover. So, you'd be betting on the Bengals there. And the over-under, 47.5. So, I'll take the over there. Now, let's go the Washington footballs versus the Detroit Lions. Lions, three-point favorite in Detroit. I'm going to take the Lions... I'm going to go 24 to 20 Lions. 
So we'll go under the 45 and a half over under. And then we'll have the Lions will cover there. And yeah, I think I think Stafford Stafford's good quarterback. Alex Smith is going to be starting for the footballs. So yeah, I just don't have faith in Alex Smith and his peg leg. He's like the that guy and family guy, the the peg leg, peg leg pirate. All right, and then next we have the Texans are in Cleveland. The Browns are a three point favorites. I will go. I will go Browns. Let's go Browns thirty four, Texans twenty eight. So I'll take the Browns to cover, and then we will go over, over under of 49. We'll go over. There we go. The Texans struggled against the Jaguars, and their brand new quarterback, Jake Luton, must have, he, he put up some big numbers for his first game ever. Passed for over 300 yards in his first game. So I just don't have faith in even though the Texans have lost to so many good teams, I don't know if I consider the Browns to be a good team. But it's in Cleveland. They got Baker Mayfield back. He's he's healthy from the from the virus reserve list. So we'll, we'll go Browns there. Then we have the Jaguars. Are Jaguars? are in Green Bay playing the Packers. Packers, 13 and a half point favorite. 13 and a half? I, see, that's too many points. I think the Packers will win, but I'm going to take the points there. I'll say the final score, we will go, let's go 35 35-24. So even if they won by 11 points, it still would not cover. And that's a that's an over. Over-under is 50. We're going over. Here we go. We have... Yeah, because... Yeah, I mean, Jake Luton. It's, it's, the, it's the Jake Luton effect. He put up some big numbers. Score some touchdowns in Green Bay. Do a Lambo leap for himself. But, yeah, the Packers will put up a lot of points, but wouldn't be surprised if they gave up a bunch of points. Let's go to the next one. It's Eagles at Giants. Eagles are three-and-a-half point favorite. I will take the Eagles there. I will go the score 30 to 23 and then we'll go over on the over under of 44 and a half we will go over those are two pretty bad football teams right there in a a bad football division we watched the eagles play sunday night against last sunday night against the the old cowboys ben denucci but 
so the Eagles, I mean, Carson Wentz, he's he, he's kind of like overrated, not that good really. But then the Giants, uh, not that good. Even though they looked pretty good against Tampa Bay last Monday night. But yeah, that's just a pretty lame game right there. So let's see. Next one, we have Tampa Bay playing in Carolina. We have Tampa, five and a half point favorite. You got Christian McCaffrey is not going to play. That's a, a big hit for Carolina right there. Because I was doing my pool picks and I was going to take the Panthers. But once I once I heard Christian McCaffrey, I think I, I still have to go back and switch it. Because I, I took the Panthers. But without Christian McCaffrey in his ability to swat away oncoming yoga balls. It's a callback to last week right there. For all you listeners that listened to last week's NFL picks. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to take the Panthers without McCaffrey. But five and a half points. It's kind of a lot. Let's go Tampa Bay 30... Tampa Bay 38, it's high scoring game. Tampa 38, Carolina 31. So I'll take Tampa to cover and I'll take the over on a 50 and a half point over under. Here we go. Next one, we have Denver Broncos are in Vegas playing the Vegas Raiders. Raiders, Raiders, Raiders. Wishing Chris, I was gonna call him Christian Berman. <laughs> Christian Berman, his that's his full Christian name. Christian Berman. No, Chris Berman. Wishing him well. He doesn't look too great on, on the Super HD. But he's not. I gotta look. We'll look. Let's look up Chris Berman. Let's see what. What's Chris Berman? What's he? He's not... I thought he was older, but he's 65. So he's seven years older than my parents. I mean, he's he just... I don't know. He, he's had a... He's had a hard life, it looks like. <laughs> looks like he's had a, a hard life of lots of partying. Let's see. What's What do we got in Berman's... Gosh, just where Berman's various catchphrases and player nicknames. He could go all the way. Classic. He could go all the way. What if this is how I talked? His home run calls. Back, 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 gone. I love that. Which he implements most commonly during the Home Run Derby are drawn from Red Barber. Who's Red Barber? Was an American sports announcer. Born February 17th, 1908. Passed away October 22nd, 1992. 
primarily broadcast Major League Baseball. He for the Reds, Cincinnati Reds, nineteen thirty four to thirty eight, Brooklyn Dodgers, thirty nine to fifty three, and then the New York Yankees, fifty four to sixty six. But then, what did he do from nineteen sixty six to ninety two? What did he do then? After his dismissal by the Yankees in 66. Wow, he got dismissed? What? That's that's like a, a nice way of saying dismissal. <clears throat> they mean he got fired? He retired from baseball broadcasting. He wrote several books. There you go. Red Barber. His most popular... Famous catchphrases. They're tearing up the pea patch. Used for a team on a winning streak. Tearing up the pea patch. The bases are FOB. Full of Brooklyn's. Indicating the Dodgers had loaded the bases. Can of corn. Describing a softly hit, easily caught fly ball. Did he invent that phrase right there? It's a a famous baseball term that we still use. A rhubarb is any kind of heated on-field... Oh, heated on-field dispute or altercation. A rhubarb. Sitting in the catbird seat, used when a player or team was performing exceptionally well. Walking in tall cotton, also used to describe success. Slicker than boiled okra, describing a ball that a fielder was unable to get a grip on. Easy as a bank of fog, describing the graceful movement of a fielder. Tighter than a new pair of shoes on a rainy day, describing a closely contested game. These are fun. I like Tied up in a croaker sack, describing a one-sided game where the outcome was all but decided. To further his image as a southern gentleman, Barber would often identify players as Mr. Big Fella or Old, regardless of the player's age. Now Mr. Riser stepped up to the plates, batting at 344. Big Fella Hatton pitches, it's in there for strike one. Old number 13, Ralph Branca, coming in to pitch. There you go. Here's... Oh, wait... A number of play-by-play announcers, including Chris Berman, Christian Berman, have oft, uh, adopted his use of back, back, back to describe a long fly ball with potential to be a home run. Those other announcers are describing the flight of the ball, but Barber was describing the outfielder in this famous call from Game 6 of the 1947 World Series. Joe DiMaggio was the batter. Here's the pitch, swung on, belted. It's a long, uh, <laughs> it's a long one. Back goes Gianfrido. Back, 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 back. He makes a one-handed catch against the bullpen. Oh, doctor. The phrase, oh, doctor, was also picked up by some later sportscasters, most notably Jerry Coleman, who was a New York Yankee infielder during the 1940s and 50s and later worked alongside Barber in the Yankees radio and TV booths. Okay.
it's been a fun history lesson right there interesting that's that's a fun fact that he was actually referring to the outfielder going back instead of the ball as you would think he was talking about the ball but interesting all right where were we we were talking we were about to do Vegas. We we're about to do Broncos at Vegas. Vegas is a five-point favorite. I will take the Raiders. I will go. Hmm. Will they cover? Will the Raiders cover? Five points. Let's go Raiders 27. Broncos 20. So I say yes, the Raiders cover. And I say under the 50 point over under next let's go bills in arizona the cardinals are a one and a half point favorite i will take let's go the bills i'll take the bills and my quarterback josh allen who had a nice week against my seattle seahawks unfortunately last week but i'll take the josh allen points and I'll take the Bills here. Let's go Bills 38, Arizona 35. Say it's going to be a close, high-scoring game, a shootout. And it's going to be over. The over-under is 56. It's going to be over. So next, speaking of my Seattle Seahawks, they play in Los Angeles against the Rams. Rams are a one and a half point favorite. Of course, I'm gonna take the Seahawks and I'm gonna say the score will be 30 to 27. Seahawks play lots of close games. I think it'll be a close one. It'll be a nail biter in Los Angeles and it will be over. The over-under is 54 and a half. We're going over. We're taking the Seahawks. And next we have, let's see, we got the Niners are in New Orleans playing the Saints. This is what I selected for my survivor pick. Uh, I took the Saints because you got Jimmy G is out. Even though you got, you got George Kittles out, but even though Nick Mullins is, looks pretty good, he's Nick Mullins is a good backup QB, but the Saints, they looked, the Saints looked good Sunday night against Tampa. So, and, and they got the, it still feels like they have a home field advantage, even though you don't really have fans. You, you still got, you're still playing in the Superdome, and yeah, I just, it feels to me like the Saints are feeling it right now. So that's my survivor pick for the week. So if they lose, I'm out. I'm out. But hopefully the Saints win. And But they're a nine-point favorite. So that's, that's a lot of points. I'm going to say final score, Saints 27 and then we'll go Niners 21. So 
we got the Niners losing by six. So I have this, the Saints won't cover, but they'll win. And then the over-under is 49. So I said 27-21. That is one point under. All right. Now we got the Ravens are in New England playing the Patriots this Sunday night football. And then, all right, so the Ravens, seven-point favorite. Seven points. Okay. I think the Ravens will win. I will take the Ravens, 34, Patriots, 23. 34-23. Over-unders, only 43.5. So we're going over. We got the Ravens to cover. And then, for some reason, I'm on VegasInsider.com. The next game they listed, we go back to the afternoon games. We got the Chargers in Miami. And Miami, two and a half point favorite. I will take the Dolphins. Let's go Dolphins, 31, Chargers, 20. 31-20, that's over in the over-under. Over-under is 48. And there we go. We got the Dolphins and we got the over. And then the final game, you got the Vikings, Monday night, Minnesota. Minnesota is in Chicago. Playing in Chicago. Playing the Bears. Vikings are two and a half point favorite. Monday night, on the road, losing team, I mean, losing record versus the Bears or well, the Bears like five and three. So the records don't match the line, but the Vikings have been playing good. Dalvin Cook has been a monster the past couple weeks. Bears have looked pretty bad. I'm going to take the Vikings. Let's go Vikings. Eh, Vikings, 27, Bears, 24. Another close game. I love watching the close games. And the over-under is 43. So we're going over. It's, yeah, if you haven't noticed, I often, I pretty much always go over. <laughs> I just expect a lot of points to be scored. I guess. It's, yeah, that's it seems to me that that's the direction the NFL's going. It goes away from defense and more prolific offenses taking off. So that's, yeah, that's all my NFL picks there. Now, I'm going to predict Week 10 MVP for the most valuable player of the week. And I just was talking about him earlier. He's my fancy quarterback. That's my that's my quarterback. Man, that's that's my quarterback. Man, Josh Allen. Josh Allen is my quarterback. Man, Tony Romo, my quarterback. That's my quarterback. I'm gonna take Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback, playing in Arizona. That's my Week Ten MVP. I heard some dude on some podcast 
I don't know if he had any stats on this, but he just kind of threw it out there that Josh Allen is more effective in warm weather, which obviously doesn't bode well for him playing in Buffalo in the winter. But maybe he'll be, he it means he'll be good on road games though. But and yeah, in Arizona, it's a nice, hot, steamy climate. And Josh Allen, God, I can, I can hear, I, I swear. <laughs> I don't, I wonder if my parents can hear me talk. I don't, I could like hear somebody like, somebody's talking voraciously downstairs. But we'll just, just you, you don't have to, don't worry about that. It's, it's not, don't worry about it. All right. It's, it's none of your concern. But some maybe maybe my dad is talking about the Masters. Speaking of the Masters, here we go. I'm going to do my Masters prediction. And I kind of have a little head start because I'm looking at the leaderboard right now. And a lot of the guys in the first round, they're, they're getting towards the end of the first round. So I get, I get a, good, a good hint on this. But I'm going to take my Masters prediction is who I think will win the Masters. I'm going to say Tiger, Tiger, Tiger. I'm going to say Tiger, not the rapper, Tiger Woods, who he won it last year. So even though that's over a year and a half ago now, but wait, I got now I have to double check. He did, did he not? Gosh. All right, Red Barber. Thank you for your service, Red Barber. I hope everybody had a great Veterans Day. I did call my grandpa. We talk, I talked to my grandpa yesterday afternoon on the phone for almost an hour and a half. Almost 90 minutes of just talking to grandpa. And that's like a, a full-length movie right there. But he was telling me he was he loves watching those food shows. So he loves Guy Fieri. He he pronounced it correctly. He's like, no, it's Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. No, Chris, it's Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. Fieri. So he loves Guy Fieri. But all right, <laughs> before I go, <laughs> all right, I'll talk. All right, let's let's wrap up this tiger thread, and then I want to delve into Guy Fieri. Guy Fieri. All right, tiger. He did win. Did he not? All right, I'm on his. We got we're in Tiger's wiki. Yeah, 2019 exactly. Of course, of course. Tiger won the Masters last year. That's right. I. It's just it's been so long since. I mean, at least, at least it seems like it. it seems like it's just. So much has happened since, April twenty nineteen. But let's go. Oh, I don't. I don't want to go to TigerWoods.com. <laughs> get me out. Get me out of. Get me out of TigerWoods.com. So. My grandpa, he said he was watching 
because he was talking about, because he's a veteran, and he was telling me, we were talking a lot of food, and he was saying how he lived in Vietnam and Korea and England when when he was in the Air Force, and we were just talking. He was saying how, like, oh, he said in Vietnam they had restaurants on boats which I thought that was a that sounds cool I'd go to I'd go to a boat restaurant but and then just all the different types of foods and how America like modifies it to make it more palatable for for our simple palates make it more palatable for the palate and then yeah, he was talking, he was watching Michael Simon. He was watching Burgers Brew and Q, which is Michael Simon show. He's also on Iron Chef America. I had never heard of this guy. So, but he's from Cleveland. He's a restaurateur. He's 69 years old. On May 6, 2017, he opened Angeline, named after his mother, Angel. Man, his his mom's name was Angel? And then she became an angel. I mean, I'm guessing. I'm guessing. Oh, wait, he's not 69. He was born in 69. He's 51. All right. Let's see if his... I mean, I'm, I'm guessing his mom died because he named a restaurant after her or maybe he's just honoring her when she's still alive but angel angel's an interesting name i mean it's not on hell i don't think her mom his mom's name's on hell i think it's angel but he opened angeline at the borgata in Atlantic City, New Jersey. That's that's right there in coal mining country. Which is just just as we were talking about yesterday in the Zoolander pod. Simon describes his cooking as meat centric. Loves the loves the barbecues and the burgers. Michael Simon went to the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, New York. There you go. He's from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But now, now I want to, I'm curious, Guy Fieri. I wonder how much, how much do you think Guy Fieri is worth? What's his net worth? Right here, I, I would have thought it was more. It says right here, 25 million. I would have thought at least five times that. That's kind of surprising, because Guy, Guy Fieri is everywhere. He's, he's the most popular food person out there, but he's only 52. I thought he might be a little older. He's only 52. Grandpa was telling me how he brings his son along with him, Hunter Fieri. Hunter is 24. Went to Sonoma Academy, William F. Hara College of Hotel Administration. 
Guy Fieri went to UNLV in in Vegas. Yep. Which is where my brother went for a couple years. My older brother was on the swim team at UNLV. He was a rebel. Mm-hmm. Guy Fieri. Let's see. He co-owns three restaurants in California. Licenses his name to restaurants in New York City and Vegas. Is known for hosting various TV shows on the Food Network. By mid-2010, I don't know if they mean the mid-2010s or I think they mean in the middle of the year 2010, the Food Network had made Fieri the face of the network. In 2010, the New York Times reported that Fieri brought an element of rowdy, mass-market culture to American food TV, and that his primetime shows attract more male viewers than any others on the network. So he's he's popular with the bros. He's like a... He's a bro chef. That's his... I think that's his main appeal right there. Guy Fieri. I'm gonna... I'm gonna see... Guy... Let's see... Guy Fieri... Favorites... I wanna see like... What's his favorite food? Favorite food. There we go. What comes up? Here we go. Guy loves... Chio Pino, which is a hearty seafood stew with ingredients like crab, clams, shrimp, scallops, or mussels. He says his all-time favorite comes from a place he visited on Triple D, Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, called Duarte's Tavern in Pescadero, California. Now I gotta see, where's Pescadero? It's probably Northern California, because that's where, that's where Guy is from. So here we go. Pescadero. Here we go. Pulling it up on the maps function. Let's see. It's on the coast. It's right by Highway 1. Oh, yeah. It is. It's, it's right southwest of the Bay Area. It's... Looks to be about 20 miles from the Bay the Bay Area. So there you go. It's Northern Cali. Northern California. Very, let's see. Mm-hmm. Okay, this looks fun. Mm, oh, what? Every state? <laughs> That's Guy Fieri's favorite states. I want to see what his, I want to see what his favorite state is. His least favorite state is Delaware. It's the first state, but it's also the last state for Guy Fieri. Man, all right, let's just run through. <laughs> let's let's run through these fifty through one real quick here. So here we go. Delaware. We're starting from the bottom. Start from the bottom. Now we're Fieri. Here we go. Delaware, North Dakota. Vermont is 48, then we have Arkansas, South Dakota, Montana, West Virginia. See, I don't know, this must be their, like, I don't think it's, I don't think Guy Fieri sent, this is Thrillist.com. I don't think, 
Guy Fieri sent them a list of his favorite states. They're just guessing based on the amount of restaurants he's been to and all that. So 43, Alabama, Nebraska, Mississippi, Maine, Wyoming is 39, Connecticut, Iowa, Alaska, New Hampshire, Kansas, Kansas is 34, Wisconsin, oh, I would have thought Wisconsin was higher with all the the cheese and the bratwurst in the, the Miller, Miller High Life and all that. I would have thought Wisconsin would have been a little higher. We have Indiana. Then we got Oklahoma. Idaho. See, that's that seems high for Idaho. But he loves potatoes. That's what his... South Carolina. Oh, they probably got good food down there. They got some good food down there. South Carolina. Down there in South Carolina. Rhode Island. That seems high for Rhode Island. Oh, but he does, he loves the seafood. So, Kentucky, Utah. Seems high for Utah. I never, never thought of Utah as having delicious food. All right, here we go. Michigan, Georgia. Seems low for Georgia. Georgia's got the, all the southern comfort food and hospitality and pecan pie louisiana is 23 nevada he loves vegas new mexico it's 21 washington is 20 that seems high for washington he loves the seafood pennsylvania missouri missouri virginia maryland is 16 Ohio, wait, now we're getting down to it, Tennessee, that's a good one, North Carolina, another good one, Oregon, that seems high, Oregon is ranked 12th, I, get, I mean, Portland has a lot of restaurants, but they're all kind of granola and organic and farm to table, but they probably have lots of diversity in the portland restaurants but that seems high for oregon new jersey new jersey is 11 then we have mm, all right illinois you got your chicago food come on come on dot com. <laughs> you you got <laughs> you're this, this, uh, here we go. This website's really bugging. We got Massachusetts, number nine. We're in the top ten. Arizona is eight. Zona. You got your, all that Mexican food and Tex-Mex and I guess that's Texas, but then you got Hawaii is seven. Okay. Oh my goodness, we're so... Colorado is six. Hmm, Colorado. See, that's surprising. That's surprisingly high for Colorado right there. New York is fifth. You got all the 
the great New York City pizza and lots of lots of fancy restaurants around there. You got Minnesota. Minnesota is number four. That's interesting. Oh, because they got good Polish food. And they got, hmm, Filipino food. And they got, yeah. I, I just never thought of Minnesota for, you got your casserole. And that's surprising. Then you got Texas is number three. Oh, so California is going to be first. Because you got... Florida is number two, and California is number one. 168 restaurants he's been to in California. So I, I wonder if if that's what this the list is just based on how many restaurants he's been to. Because he went to 58. Oh, God, I don't want to. All right, we're done. We're done with. <laughs> that's enough Guy Fieri talk right there. See, it, it may have just been based on how many restaurants he's been to right there in each state which would make sense that he's been to the most in California but yeah he's got a a really fun job he just gets to travel around and people are so happy to see him and they just give him their food he yeah Guy Ferry definitely has one of the best jobs out there he's got a fun job and then my grandpa was telling me, because he drives his Chevy Camaro convertible. And then grandpa said, oh, yeah, did you know that there's whole companies in California that just rent cars out to TV shows and movies? So he was saying, that's what, so it's like Guy Fieri might not own that Chevy Camaro. He might just rent it for the TV show. And I had never even thought about that, but I guess that makes sense. So there you go. Let's, is there anything? Let's see. Guy Fieri. Let's go. Then we'll wrap it up here. Guy Fieri fun facts. Do they have anything? What? His name. Wait. His name hasn't always been Guy Fieri? Oh my gosh. That's such... Such good clickbait right there. 12 things you did not know about Guy Fieri. Insider.com. Let's see. What was his name? What could his name be if it's not Guy Fieri? It's just... Okay. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. His name is Guy Ramsey Fairy. F-E-R-R-Y. So he just changed the spelling to make it more saucy, more spicy. He changed it to Guy Fieri, Fieri instead of... So yeah, his name, that's hilarious. His name actually was Fairy. Funny, funny. Mm-hmm. When his grandfather immigrated to the U.S. from Italy... He changed the spelling to fairy. Oh, fieri is actually his grandfather's given family surname. So as a nod to his grandfather, Guy changed his last name from fairy to fieri. When he married his wife, Lori, 
Lori, Lori, Lori, Lori, Lori, Lori. No, he married his wife, Lori, in 1995. That's a, that's a fun fact. All right. All right, here we go. Come on. <laughs> Come on, insider.com. Stop. Stop doing this. God. Gosh, dang. All right, here we go. Before, 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 no, before Fieri, God, this, before Fieri made his big, made it big on Food Network, he had a different kind of TV job. He used to work for the auto parts maker Flowmaster, which specialized in mufflers and other car parts. He was featured on a couple commercials for the brand but a more subdued version of his TV personality. That's just, that's, so he is a car guy. So, God, this is just so, <laughs> this web, this web, this website. You're killing me, Smalls. You're killing me, Guy Fieri's. God dang. It's just, it just, it's just not, it's just impossible. It's just not working. He got his start. Here we go. Guy Fieri. He got his start on the Food Network. Food Network star show. Okay. He was crowned the winner of season two of that show. In 2006. Very interesting. Uh, he, he, um, I, <laughs> he actually loves vegetables. There you go. He, it's just, I, I'm, I'm about to, I'm about to call it, <laughs> I'm about to get out of this, it's, this page is just killing, it's, it's killing me right now, it's killing me, alright, I'm out, I'm out, get me out of this Guy Fieri vortex, alright, he's known for not liking eggs, okay, no, insider.com, yeah, no. Okay. Hmm. Another fun fact. Billionaire Steve Cohen is a huge fan of the show Diners, Drive-Ins, and... Wait. <laughs> this this, said, this calls it Diners, Drive-Ins, and Diners. They messed up. They messed up the name of Guy Fieri's show. How dare you, Google? How dare you do that? moneyinc.com and google diners drive-ins and dives steve cohen paid a hundred thousand dollars just to hang out with guy fieri for one day well he's a billionaire though so but still a hundred grand <laughs> wait i wonder if he gave guy fieri the money that's a a good day's work for guy fieri right there the two men had a great time, and they've become very good friends. We think it's a pretty cool story. <laughs> Thanks for your editorial, moneyinc.com. That's fun. Let's try. Let's see how mentalfloss.com. Let's see if that can work a little better on the whole loading thing. Ten wild facts about Guy Fieri. Here we go. He got his first job in the food business at age 10. My grandpa told me about this. My grandpa knows a lot about Guy Fieri. 
at age 10. Oh my gosh, here we go. This one, here we go. Get me out of this. I just start reading and it just starts. Just All right, here we go. At age 10, Guy Fieri built a bicycle-powered pretzel cart with the help of his dad, which he called the Awesome Pretzel. The proceeds from his early venture, plus a second job as a dishwasher, helped Fieri. Wait, he, he was working as a dishwasher when he was 10 years old? It was probably a few years later. Helped Fieri earn enough money to study abroad in Chantilly, France, where he developed an even deeper appreciation for the culinary arts. A bicycle-powered pretzel cart called the Awesome Pretzel. That's a fun name. God, that's a really cool idea. And it just reminds me of one of my favorite episodes of The Simpsons. When Marge starts selling pretzels, I wonder if they were they got inspired by Guy Fieri to do that. Number two, wild, wild facts about Guy Fieri. He was once trampled by a horse. I got to get a sip of coffee before that. Oh, my God. Mm. That's crazy. Trampled by a horse. Also, when he was 10 years old, Fieri was thrown from a horse then subsequently trampled by him. He suffered significant damage to his liver and a bruised heart. Not, that would have given me a broken heart. Would break my heart. Never trust a horse again after that. Yeah, that's how... Man, people, people can die from falling off horses. or You get seriously messed up. That's so... I don't, I've never ridden a horse... But I don't really ever need... I don't know. I, it's not really something I really want to do that badly. I'd be cool either way. Seems a little scary. But... Because, hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're just... You're on a wild animal. Like... Hmm. Would you want to ride a bear? I Or a bull? How come... How come riding a horse is okay, but then riding a bull makes you uh, a cowboy in the rodeo? I mean, it's, it's not that big of a difference, really. Horses just haven't decided to go crazy like a bull. But it's inside them, though. They want to buck you off, but they're too polite. That's that's a problem with horses. They got the the polite facade. Once again, call back to last episode, facade. Horses got the they got that facade up. They're just they they you you know that the horse wants to buck you off, but how come Yeah, it's interesting. How come bulls will buck you off, but then horses want to be friends with humans? Or do they? Do they want to be friends with humans? <laughs> right? Do they? They want to be popular. How come a horse will let you ride it in the first place? So, what's the what's their thought process? <laughs> do they not realize that they could just buck us off like a a bull? That's that. I want to get. I want to get inside the mind of a horse. 
bigger. How come there's not bull races? You got you got horse racing. Why don't we why don't we do are there any jockeys that are brave enough to to ride a bull around a, an oval track? That would be a lot more exciting. I would love to watch bull racing on on the uh NBC after the preakness. You got the come up next bull racing. Running of the bull jockeys. And that's just a crazy idea. See, I my point <laughs> my point is horses aren't that different from bulls. They just haven't figured out that bulls are just more honest to themselves. Bulls just they know what they want. They want to destroy human and then they do it. Horses aren't as good at accomplishing their goals. All right, bull goals. These are my bull goals. Okay. Back to <laughs> back to Guy Fieri, interesting facts. He makes his own wine. Hunt and Ride Winery, named after his sons, Hunter and Ryder. Has Pinot, Zinfandel, and a Bordeaux. There you go. Okay. You have number four. He has strict rules about which parts of an animal he'll eat. Here's how Fieri summed up his eating philosophy. You can live super healthy and get hit by a truck and others eat the pork rinds, drink, and live to 100. So I eat, but I do not appreciate the parts of the animal that had a job. Parts they are licked, make sound, push, filter, walk, and so on are not for me. So he probably doesn't like tongue. He wouldn't eat tongue or ears. He wouldn't eat horse ears. <laughs> Number five, or eyes. He wouldn't eat eyeballs because they have a, a purpose. Number five. There's no love loss between Fieri and Anthony Bourdain. Oh, this came out. This came out a few years ago before before Bourdain died. So apparently they had a little rivalry back in the day. Number six, he's a fan of vanity plates. Mm-hmm. What's perhaps unsurprisingly those that adorn his vast car collection, so he does have a big car collection, include, but are not limited to, food, F-Y-T, food fit, I don't know what F-Y-T stands for, Cadlac, C-A-D-L-A-Q, live fast, and B-L-K-T-R-F-L. Is that black truffle? That makes me think black truffle. I don't know what that is. Number seven, he is not a fan of his zero star review in the New York Times. <laughs> the New York Times. Oh, they gave New York Times food critic Pete Wells gave Fieri's Manhattan restaurant Guy's American Kitchen and Bar a zero-star review in 2012. 
The review was, to put it mildly, scathing and not nice. Fieri took umbrage. He could have made such a great comment, but he dropped down to third grade and said every mean, vile thing that he could say and discredited himself. Do I have faults in the restaurant? I have faults in the restaurant today. Everybody does. His assignment was to give me no stars. He had it already planned. In response to Fieri's accusations, Wells asserted, nobody's ever assigned me to give a restaurant a good review, a bad review, or any other kind of review. The Times doesn't work that way, and I don't work that way. The place had the same shot at earning a star or two that I'd give any other restaurant. The review tells you why it didn't end up with one. Man, review controversy. You just, see, that's why you just got to ignore the critics. Because that guy, he probably was just jealous of Guy Fieri. Because, I mean, food critic. What a, what a joke of a job. Being, (laughs) what qualifies you to... It's like, I have, I have such a refined palate, such an intelligent taste of good foods. I'm better at deciding which food's good. I just, just does not make sense. In my, I think in my estimation, food is subjective. I don't, I don't think it's objectively good or, yeah, lots of people... Lots of people like like Taco Bell and like the like the tacos from Jack in the Box. Like like that kind of stuff. Why is yeah, why is fast food so popular? If I think it just food food critics that's just such a pretty much any critic job. Those are just people that, that wish they could like food critics wish they could be restaurateurs. If you're if you're a movie critic, you wish you could be an actor or director. If you're a book critic, you wish you could be an author. But people have said this before, but it, yeah, if you're a critic, if if you were good enough or yeah, if you it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> nobody nobody grows when they're when they're a kid. Nobody says I want to be a movie critic. They say I want to be a movie star. But then they don't accomplish that and then their last resort is to be a critic. So I, yeah, I really I don't have much respect for anyone who makes their living being a critic that's it's just such a it's a joke of a job really it's unnet who needs you i don't think you're you're not necessary let the people judge for themselves let yeah let people read a book or see a movie or go to a restaurant and then that's the only critics i trust is the like the people the the, who don't they don't have um bias or yeah they're just yeah i I don't know how else i can say (laughs) being a critic is a 
it's a really it's a sad job to me. Yeah. Because, and then the critics who are super clever and they write like illustrious, clever reviews and they make it more about their review than about the product that they're reviewing. It's like, why don't, why don't you just be a writer if, or, or do you not have the balls? <laughs> that's, that's the real thing is I don't think they have the the nerve they don't have the the courage or not that it takes courage to to do creative stuff but it, it takes more more bravery than being a critic <laughs> that's the yeah that's like it's it's easy for anybody to poke holes in something that someone does that they care about so that yeah <laughs> i don't know how else i can say it being a critic is just, it's definitely a, an easy way out, but it takes, it doesn't take any, it doesn't, you don't have to believe in yourself to be a, a critic. <laughs> How else can I say it? Down with critics. Do we, who, do we even need them? Who needs them? But, all right, here we go. It it's, sounds like I've just been railed by a bunch of negative critic critical reviews no but it's that's not what i'm talking about but it's just that uh yeah it's just just it's just one person's opinion and i guess what really matters is the majority is the majority of people will speak but all right, i've i've gone that was my soapbox i'm gonna get off my my critics. I now now who's now who's a critic? I'm 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 being a critic of the critics. I'm I'm no better than the critic. Just with all this critical criteria for the judging these critics. <laughs> I'm the, I'm the critic of the critics. Yeah, that's what. All right, back to Guy Fieri. Number eight. He has a pet tortoise. A solcata tortoise named Pops, to be exact. Pops lives in a pen in Fieri's backyard in Santa Rosa, California. A solcata tortoise. Wonder if it's like the ones in Finding Nemo. The what Spike was that? Was that the name of the turtle? The turtles are funny. Finding Nemo. The the stoner turtles. It's a classic character in a kid's movie that that went over your head, went over my head when I was 10 years old watching Finding Nemo. But now I see it and I'm like, those turtles are cool. Those turtles are all right. All right, all right, all right. Turtles. Number nine. No donkeys were harmed in the making of Fieri's donkey sauce. Donkey sauce. Reminds me of Arby's horsey sauce. Bringing it back to horses. Mm, in case you were wondering how Fieri's signature donkey sauce got its name, he explained it to Las Vegas Magazine. When I was younger, I was working on a carnival cruise in the kitchen. I explained to one of the other chefs that you have to put the sauce on the burgers. 
he has this really thick accent and asks, why? You have to put the sauce on the burger or you're a jackass. And he goes, jackass? What's a jackass? It's a donkey. Oh, so it's donkey sauce. That's really how it happened. I've never told that story. No one has ever asked. How could no one have ever asked how he got the name? <laughs> that seems like the most, the first thing that you would ask Guy Fieri. Is what's the deal with the donkey sauce? But apparently Las Vegas Magazine. I would like to, I want to see what's in Las Vegas Magazine. It sounds like a colorful, fun magazine. Wonder if you have some, you get a free scratch ticket. Like, you know how they have the, the cologne, the, the scratch-off cologne? But maybe in Las Vegas Magazine, with the scratch-off cologne, when you scratch it, you win 40 bucks. If you get the bunch of donkey sauces in a row. Bunch of donkeys. Donkey. Donkey. Alright, number 10. The final one. Melissa McCarthy's bridesmaid's character is based on him. What? <laughs> Got Melissa McCarthy definitely wins that movie, Bridesmaids. She is... That's her breakout role. She is so funny in Bridesmaids. When I first read it, the first person I thought of was Guy Fieri. Melissa McCarthy told Conan of her role in Paul Feig's Bridesmaids. I kept trying to wear my glasses on the back of my head. I tried for a long time to get them to let me wear shorts, white, spiky hair. They're like, you can't actually be Guy Fieri. That's all. <laughs> That's all you got. That's all you got right there for Guy Fieri. That would have been hilarious. See, Melissa McCarthy, she definitely has good comedic, good comedic mind. She has, she's, she's funny thoughts. She just thinks funny. Because, yeah, that movie would have been a little funnier if she had Guy Fieri hair. If her hair was Guy Fieri hair. She was carrying around a jug of donkey's house. That'd be, yeah, that would've been funny. She's right, and she's wearing wearing one of those button-up t-shirts with flames on it. Yeah, that's a good idea. I like it. All right, so <laughs> we went way off track, and so just to recap, my Week Ten MVP NFL, Josh Allen, Bills quarterback playing in Arizona. I'm predicting Tiger Woods will be the Masters champion this weekend on Sunday. And then let's do one college game. We have Oregon is playing. Man, I can't even, man, I'm not even going to look it up. I don't know. Are they, I can't even remember now if they're, gosh, it doesn't really matter, but I can't remember if they're hosting the Wazoo Cougars or or not. But Oregon, either way, the Ducks are a ten and a half point favorite. So let's see. I'm curious. Maybe it does affect my pick. If WSU Cougar 
Here we go. Oh, it is in Pullman. Ah, see, that makes it a little more interesting. It's in Pullman, and the Cougars are getting 10.5 points. That's a lot of points. Do I think it's going to be a close game? Do I think... Did Oregon... Let's see. Oregon, they crushed Stanford 35-14. They beat Stanford in Eugene. So, man, I could just be a homer. Man, I guess I'm... I guess I'm, <laughs> I'm going to be a homer just because... I want to see, I'd love to see Wazoo win this game. So I'm going to say Wazoo 31, Oregon 28. Wazoo, Cougars win. There we go. And over under is 57 and a half. So I just said 31, 28. That's 59. No. Yeah, that's 59. There you go. So we're going over. Big surprise, we're going over. And big surprise, I'm being a homer. I'm taking I'm, I'm taking a, a wild upset, the Wazoo Cougars, to, to knock off the Oregon Ducks in front of nobody. Maybe just a few f- family members in, uh, in Pullman. In Martin Stadium. there I would love to see it happen. So I'm going to predict it. I got that. The wishful predicting. So there you go. We did NFL picks. We did a few other picks. We talked a lot about Guy Fieri. We had fun. Make sure. Do me a favor right now. Share the podcast on social media. And also subscribe to it. So you subscribe to the podcast in case you're wondering why. So then you get updated whenever a new episode drops. It just automatically goes into your podcast. So then so you get updated and you can find out when new episodes drop. Because I have somewhat of a random episode pattern. So, yep, subscribe, share on social media. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day. And I hope your teams win this weekend. And welcome to Flavortown. Donkey. Donkey sauce. All right. I can't think of any Guy Fieri's Flavortown. Flavortown. All right. Uh, I love you. I love y'all. And... Bye. Bye-bye.